The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Discover the power within. UnityOnlineRadio.org The voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. Hello and welcome. It is career coach Mo Fall today. I am the founder and creator of the Kick-Ass Career Workshop, which is like Santa's workshop, really, where we help women advance their soul's power and strength and vitality. And that is the secret sauce for a better career and a more directed career. When you bring your soul to life, When you bring it up in vibration, it becomes the dominant source of not only your direction, but your strategy and your knowingness about what's right and not so right for you. A year ago, I spoke about being in your truth. We had a year ago been with this pandemic for about nine months and we weren't quite sure what was going to be going on and then another year has passed and here we are. I'm going to lay out a few things that may not be so obvious about what's gone on in the human experience. I want to bring your awareness to a few things. I want to bring your awareness to a few things that have happened in the human experience Because you may be still doing you the way you did two years ago. I don't know because I don't know you. But if you're still doing you the way you were two years ago, you're missing key elements of what's really going on. And I'm going to put some very real examples on the table. I'm going to talk about what we're doing in our workshop, how we're helping women succeed in a new way. And I'm also going to talk to you about the future a little bit because it's always helpful to think about what's happening in the future. I have done many shows and spoken often about generational differences. I have researched it. I have absolutely... 100% confidence that you right now might be suffering from too much change. You might be struggling with too much change. And at the very same time, you might be struggling and suffering from being stagnant. I know. Those words and those ideas do not seem to be too compatible. They are. 
you are more than likely being bombarded with change. And what that is doing is it is stifling and stagnating you because of how we human beings operate. And I'm going to talk about that. If you're receiving my emails, I believe the email today, this morning, talking about this show, said something like, the world is changing, are you? As the world evolves, are you evolving with it? You see, we are wired to stay safe. (laughs) You're wired to actually be stagnant. Isn't that funny? It's true. You are wired to be safe. I'm going to explain that in a second. I want you to hang on for this conversation. And if this is the first time you are coming to the Bring Your Soul to Work radio show, welcome. I have been a student of the human experience all my life. It's one of the reasons I went to college for nursing, because I wanted to understand the human body. I wanted to understand how some people could run fast and other people couldn't. I was a sort of a fast runner, and I didn't really understand. I'm just butting with my microphone for a second. I didn't really understand why some people couldn't run fast. Uh, pull-ups on a bar. Why could some people do pull-ups in a bar and other people couldn't? Like I was always fascinated with the difference of one human to the next. And that was at a physical level. It's very obvious when you're growing up as a young person to see people like certain things. Someone likes chocolate. Someone likes strawberry. It's curious why human beings are who they are. So I began my journey into the science of all of that by studying nursing and becoming a nurse. I worked in the critical care units of a large hospital in um, in Pittsburgh. We were doing heart transplants and cutting-edge cardiology at the time. And I loved, loved, loved being on the edge of innovation with cardiac and cardiac care and intensive care. And it was really, really a, a, a very fun place to be a young nurse. And then I was curious what happens to people after they have heart attacks and open-heart surgery. How do they get back on their feet? Which ones survive? Which ones don't? Always being curious. Through my entire career moving up the ladder in management and then being director and having a CEO role for a big physician group that was growing and a national director for a large, large, large healthcare company and eventually chief operating officer for a division in a publicly traded healthcare company. I was able to grow my career and grow my ability to impact organizations for the 30 years I was doing that. And over the last eight years, I have been helping other professionals, mostly women, because my kick-ass workshop is for professional women. I've coached a few men along the way. What I have, what I have helped these folks do, because it was what helped my career, is to lift their soul into a higher level of frequency, a higher level of awareness and understanding, a higher level that that is now the natural perspective of life rather than fear. And it's really handy to have your soul 
be the dominant part of who you are in a universe that is expanding so rapidly that human beings can't even really keep up with it. We are at a pace of expansion and explosion of technology and connection and what's possible that humans have never, never experienced. And I will tell you this, we have not evolved fast enough for it. So it is overwhelming what's going on in the world right now. It's overwhelming. And you can't possibly pay attention to all the data points that you have. So you have to pick and choose. Now, most human beings are picking and choosing what they pay attention to based on, I got to pay my bills, I want to pay attention to my job and my work, and then I'm so depleted afterwards that I'm just numbing myself out and trying to recuperate in the evening, raising my kids, eating dinner, dragging myself to bed, and then the same thing gets repeated. It is an overwhelming life we have right now, and if you are not adapting yourself to the pace you will be more and more stagnant more and more stuck and feel free to take some notes here because I'm going to do a little bit of uh, neuropsychology here your brain your body and your brain are wired are connected together at a very primitive anatomical physiological way to protect you from being killed our survival is the predominant mechanism of being a human being it is the predominant input that we get you know when you hear a loud noise and you're you you get startled that's a primitive instinct Because that startle response is what's going to prevent you from getting killed by something in the field. You're going to want to get awake quickly, fast, when you hear a loud noise because the end could be near. I walk up and down uh, the, the road at the beach where I live most mornings, it's not exactly every morning, but most mornings, and they're doing some construction on the lifeguard station and where they house all their equipment. So they're getting a a new building. It's going to go to a two- or three-story building. It's going to be all new and fancy. And they're right now removing the debris from the building and tearing it down, basically. So there's a big dumpster. And I walk past the dumpster, sometimes earlier than others, and I walk the other way past it, so my my walk is out and back. And the other morning when I was walking, it was a little early. I didn't really think that they were doing a lot of construction work at that hour. And as I walked by, something was dropped in the dumpster, and it made such a loud noise, I jumped and there was a guy coming the uh, the opposite way on the on the sidewalk watching me jump and he goes he goes i know right <laughs> we were both scared and shocked and there's the startle reflex and it's there to protect me it literally sounded like a gunshot and so all our lives every single day our primitive mechanism 
is responding and reacting to those types of inputs. A loud car, uh, the dryer noise, the microwave going off. I mean, you name it, kids, people talking in the background, grocery store, wherever you are, you're getting inputs. And most of the inputs you are deleting. You're just ignoring it. You're deleting, deleting, deleting. I used to live in a, uh, a place where we could hear the railroad, the train, um, several times during the day. And when we first moved in, we were like, oh, boy, we didn't know this. We did not know that this was going to be going on. And there's two trains pretty much during sleeping hour. And the first couple of nights, it was not fun. And then, of course, as humans go, we began deleting that noise because it was a uh, regular enough feedback to us, regular enough uh, stimulation that we were able to delete the alertness of it and file it away subconsciously. And this is what happens when you live in a place like that. Folks who live in the middle of New York City, same story. If you go to a hotel in New York City and you're from the country, you're going to be in your hotel room hearing all the city noise outside the window going, I don't know if I can sleep. But after a while, the body acclimates. The body finds a way to help you not be reacting to this noise. It normalizes it. Are you working with me now? We normalize fear responses all day long. Because subconscious, our subconsciousness is there to help us deal with it. But you're still going to have that reflex, that reaction. But if it's repeated and it's predictable and regular, you're going to begin to normalize it. This is the reason. This is the reason why people stay stuck why people don't change. This is the reason why we stay in a job that's no longer right for us, why we stay in a job where we haven't gotten promoted for 12 years, why we stay in a job where they're actually not treating us well. Because we normalize it. We normalize not being paid more. We normalize not being treated well. We normalize the pain and the suffering. We normalize having to work 12-hour days on and on. We normalize what would be a pain response if it were just a one-time event. You've probably heard the analogy. I'm going to tell you this story. You've probably heard this story before. If you haven't, you're going to tell it again. And when I heard this for the first time, I was like, that's brilliant. Reptiles cannot think about their experience. They don't have a frontal lobe. So the reptilian brain adapts, adapts, and adapts. And soon enough, it could be in a situation where it's going to adapt itself to death. The boiling frog is the story. If you put a frog in tepid water, it will, and you turn up the heat, big pot of water, you got a frog sitting in there, you turn up the heat, tepid water, no problem a little bit warmer, no problem. The frog adapts, adapts, normalizes, 
normalizes, normalizes, and eventually a frog will boil to death. I know that sounds gross, but this is an adaptive mechanism that is built in us. But we have a frontal lobe, the prefrontal cortex, is the thing that tells us as humans, hey, wait a minute, it's getting warm in here. Maybe you should do something. Hey, this job doesn't feel very good. Maybe you should do something. Hey, this relationship doesn't feel good. Maybe you should do something. Hey, it's kind of hard to get out of the couch. I've gained 30 pounds. Maybe you should do something. But we are very quick to normalize. And we are very quick to move toward things that are easy and efficient. Another primitive scenario here, our bodies are made to conserve to conserve calories. We are made to survive. So your body wants to conserve the least amount of calories. And if you're using your brain all day on the computer, on, on Zoom meetings, etc., you're using a lot of glucose. Your brain is a is a, a glucose hog, and your liver usually provides enough of it throughout the day. But you will get hungry, and you will want to eat because your body is saying, hey, you're using up a whole lot of glucose here. You better eat something. And then it'll say, you know what, you're too tired to exercise, and you've burned a lot of glucose today, so just sit your ass down. I'm giving you an in-depth physiological lesson on the adaptive mechanisms of the human being for a reason. Because without understanding the context of that, you're not going to appreciate what I'm really wanting to tell you today and to share with you and to inspire you about. And that is that the world is moving so darn fast that you are inclined to hide, to preserve yourself, to get yourself out of the difficulty because you are inclined as a human to prevent yourself from death. And change looks like death. I'm not over-dramatizing it. To your nervous system, uncertainty looks like death. It is a fear provoker. When you have uncertainty, the primitive mechanisms inside of you Go into fear mode. So change looks like the enemy. So if you're spending your life already overwhelmed, overstimulated, protecting yourself from stimulation, adapting and normalizing the hurt, the difficulties, the struggles, again, us lovely human beings, are built that way. It is a function of survival for us to do that. We normalize our pain and it is up to our awareness and our prefrontal cortex to say, wait a minute, this isn't right. I deserve something better. I'm not going to keep gaining weight and sitting my ass on the couch. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to override my primitive instincts and get on board with something that's going to feel better for me. But in order to do that, you have to, you have to go through change. You have to go 
through change. That scares most human beings. One of the gifts I got from my parents growing up, big family, raised Catholic. My dad was a trucking executive when I was little. Then he later went to law school. My mom was a nurse. Sort of followed in her footsteps a little bit. I'll tell you what, when I was reading her college textbooks as a little girl, I was intrigued by the pictures and the things that they were showing in there. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. So normal, middle-class upbringing. And my dad was very successful in his career, and we moved five times before I was in seventh, sixth grade. And I learned how to adapt to change. I learned that I was going to make friends in the new school. Even though I was always ridiculed for something because aren't kids fun. I learned I was always going to make friends. I learned how to reach out. I learned how to aggregate into groups. I learned how to deal with that. Because kids are very resilient. So... As a young person, I sort of felt that change was normal. And so when I went to college, I was able to meet people quickly and get into groups and do all the things that I was needing to be good at as a kid since we moved so often. So now I see this as such a positive thing for me as a human being that I actually seek out and try to understand change at a deep level. Because it's how I was programmed as a young person. I was programmed to be resilient. I was programmed to be okay with change. Now, I am pretty sure none of us kids liked it in the moment. But it wired us in a way that helped us appreciate that we can always learn something new, meet new friends, move into a new house, new neighborhood, new bike route, new way to school, all the stuff over and over again. When you learn how to be resilient and adjust to change, you're more equipped to override the primitive instincts. And every day on our clarity calls, we're talking to women who are stuck and overwhelmed. Now, if you've heard enough for today and you're like, How can I work with Coach Mo and her team? How can I get there? Go ahead and book a complimentary clarity call. It's kind of like your diagnosis call for your career and your soul. And you can book that very, very simply at mofall.com slash give me clarity. And we will give you clarity. The, The deliverables on that call is clarity for you and what next steps are. And at the same time, we'll also be evaluating whether we can help you with what's going on with you. You know, your soul is a priceless aspect of who you are. It really, really is. It is the thing that is making or breaking your life. If your soul is not thriving, you are not thriving. If your soul is dead, you feel depleted because literally your life force energy has been shut down. This is our adaptive process. 
you know, our creator sort of gave us this little complex puzzle to solve all the time. And not only is your physical body built to adapt to pain and normalize it, but your psychology is built to create stories around why it's okay. So you stack your primitive uh, physiology and you stack the psychology of our ability to adapt to things. And the soul is sitting there going, wait a minute, I want more in life. Wait a minute. And so the soul is always beckoning. Please let's grow. Please let's do something that feels better. Please let's go toward joy. And most people's lives are built to ignore that soft, sweet voice of the soul. When we ignore it for a period of time, we will have an increase in pain in order to try to get us to pay attention. If you've heard my personal story, I've been working with coaches and doing personal development since I was in college, but I didn't get to the level of depth of understanding my soul until my breast cancer journey sat my ass down and laid me wide open. It was in that journey, in that piece of my life, where I saw the importance of really getting into the soul. The soul is your unique, identifiable persona. It's your essence. It's your you. It's more than your personality. It's more than just who you seem to be to others. It is the true you that is usually hidden and being protected from pain and hurt. And if you've had any trauma in your life, it is scared. The soul is scared. And trauma can come in the form of any childhood abuse or sexual trauma. It can come in the form of having toxic work environment, toxic boss, uh, job loss, passed over for promotions. It can come in the form of being demeaned and minimized. All sorts of layers and levels. Trauma is not a single thing. It is an absolute provocative event that wounds our nervous system and our soul. And when we go through something like that, we must heal it in order for our soul to thrive. I'm going to talk about how we can thrive our soul and how this such fast-changing environment in the world, how we're able to actually get in there and do the things we need to do in life to enjoy. Again, mofall.com slash give me clarity if you would like to book a call and take have us take a look at your soul and your career. I'll be right back after this break to explore more on this ever-changing world of ours. Thanks for joining us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall.
I am having a lot of fun thinking about this next section of the show today because I just gave you a lesson in neurophysiology, survival mechanisms, and how your body and your psychology, we'll call it the mind, reconfigure things to make pain normal. And the reason why I teed that up for the first part of this show is because I want to bring a perspective to you about what's happening in the world. At the beginning of the pandemic, the world's two largest companies on the globe, Accenture Consulting Company, an accounting company, and Microsoft Technology Company, the two of those companies accelerated an adoption of Microsoft Teams faster than any timeline that they had built and configured in ever in their wildest imaginations. I think they had like a two to three year rollout. Accenture is about a 500,000 person organization. Yes, half a million human beings call Accenture their employer. And they were rolling out Microsoft Teams, kind of like how IT solutions are rolled out in a step-by-step phase and making sure that there was a timeline for training and everyone was on board and which departments needed it first. And if you're working in the professional world, you've probably rolled out something in your career. So Microsoft and Accenture had a big partnership and a big buy from Accenture to Microsoft for their Teams platform. And when the pandemic hit, Julie Sweet, the CEO of Accenture, probably called Satya Nadella and said, "Uh, hello, we're going to need that Teams rollout um, accelerated from three years to like two weeks. So what do you say? Can you help us do that? Because we want to stay in business and support our global clients while we're going through this pandemic. And we're going to need you to step it up like a 600,000% speed. They got it done. They got it done. Those two companies were able to roll out and onboard a new software platform that allowed all of Accenture's employees to basically work from home to be in a global enterprise. Virtually. Now, the interesting thing is if you think about Accenture, for example, as a global enterprise, all of the plane fares that stopped once they got Microsoft Teams, all of the long-distance travel. Look, I traveled a lot in my executive career. There were two specific jobs where I was out of town most weeks of the month, three to four days during the week. I was gone all the time. Planes, trains, car rentals, etc. Traveling for work is grueling and it's expensive. And there are some jobs where you actually have to be on site. And there are some situations where you want to be on site. I did a lot of new hospital-based contracts and met with hospital administration and some of their key physician leaders as we helped uh, add to and reinforce and accelerate some of their anesthesia services, my last two jobs as an executive. When you're developing or deploying a 
a global workforce, you need technology. And the way Accenture and Microsoft partnered up to speed that deployment was nothing shy of fascinating. Those two companies had never done anything like that before, but the need was there. And so human beings' expectations of what it would take to roll out this platform for 500,000 people shifted virtually overnight. IT teams all of a sudden around the globe were on notice that they were going to have to deploy technology to people's homes and to organizations so that people could continue working and providing services. Massive speed. Oh, my goodness. Massive speed. Now, you could consider that some of the response during the pandemic was slow and we should have had our act together a little bit more and we should have this and we should have that. All things being equal, 100 years never having dealt with that before and all of a sudden sort of being caught off guard. Most of the globe was caught off guard. There might have been a few people on the inside of the inside of the inside who had some idea that this was a possible outbreak to have happened. The speed at which we've been moving since then is breakneck speed. And you are a part of that. You are a part of what has had to happen over the last two years in order to just live life differently in this new world order that has been speeding so fast. Crypto has increased. NFTs seem like they're a real thing. Facebook changes their name to Meta. Virtual reality and augmented reality headsets are all the rage. You know what? This has been going on for a while. But no one paid attention. No one took notice because it was creeping in slowly, normalized. We are acclimation creatures. But when you are pushed into a situation, all of a sudden, your brain can go, oh, what was that? Like that loud noise when I was walking the other day. Like anything else that you finally feel the pain enough that it wakes you up. Like my breast cancer, that woke me the hell up. And I'm going to tell you this. The world we're living in now has never moved as fast as it is now. There's Web3, crypto, NFTs, the metaverse, virtual reality, holograms. You can actually show up in someone's house with your hologram. I mean, there are so many things going on. You know what? The pandemic didn't only accelerate the need for technology deployment. It also accelerated the want. So people who were developing these things and maybe have been busy with something else or busy over here, they stopped being busy with a lot of things and they were able to hunker in behind their computer and Get stuff done. So right now, human beings are experiencing an acceleration of life and energy and magnitude of expansion that we have never, ever seen. 
If you think you can't focus on things and you think you're tired and you think you're blurry-eyed just living your day-to-day existence, you are correct because your human apparatus is not built for this yet. We have not evolved as a physical machine as fast as society has evolved. The speed of technology, the speed of the need of technology through the pandemic, and all of the currents of change that were happening that have now sped up have caused such a massive speed of life that if you're not changing at the soul level, if you are not adapting at your energetic being, you're going to be effectively almost crushed by the speed. They have never taken an astronaut to the moon without intensive training. The uh, space uh, trips that are going for SpaceX and Blue Origin right now that are taking human beings, they're going just outside of the gravitational force. It's a 10-minute rocket ride. When you go to the moon, you're expanding even more into G-force and, uh, and lack of gravity. The training that astronauts go through in order for their bodies to acclimate to that is intense. And many don't make through the training. And when this was accelerating in the 60s and 70s and into the 80s and in the 90s when we had a couple of uh, mishaps and misfortunes in that industry, things sort of slowed down a bit. I think we kind of expanded past what we knew how to, how to take from there. All of the expansion we're now experiencing on the energetic level is equal to what astronauts in the 60s and 70s were building their bodies for. Energetically, the speed and the pace of life is still not as fast as the infinite field. But it's moving us in that direction. More people are meditating now than ever before. Because it's almost like we have to. It's almost like if we don't spend time each day connected to infinity we're going to get lost in the shuffle if we don't spend time every day connected to divinity we're going to get lost as a human machine because we are not machines only there is an apparatus and a physical being that functions like a machine But there are so many moving parts that we don't even understand. So the basis of how we live as a human has a lot to do with whether we're tapped into an energetic space that fuels our soul and that allows us to elevate our experience beyond the physical machine and to live in a certain way of awareness and truth so that we're not dragged into the messiness of human drama. 
You see, when you're connected to the divinity, when you're correct, connected to the infinite, infinite field, when you are a part of infinity, when you are a part of divinity, you're going to live differently. You're going to have an inner guidance system that is tuned into the true vibrational reality of existence. If you are tuned too much into the bodily responses, the stressors, and basically the basics of being a human, the hunger, the thirst, if you're tuned in too much to the physical apparatus as it navigates the physical world, we'll call that three-dimensional reality, you're going to feel the mismatch between the energetic world and its expansion and how you feel and how you're adapting. You're going to feel more stuck than ever because the fear response is holding you in place at just the wrong time because this is totally the wrong time to be stagnant if ever there was a good time, but this is like the worst time ever to be stagnant because the speed of the energetic expansion of the human existence right now is creating contrast so that you're feeling more uncomfortable not being connected to your soul. You're feeling the dissonance, the, the disharmony, the, the lack of congruency. You're feeling it more because the energetic world and the pace of expansion is greater. It's like a noise that you hear in the distance and you go toward the noise to try to understand it. You're hearing the noise out there somewhere. Something is going on. Don't be fooled that it's just the pandemic. Don't be fooled by that. That's just one offshoot of it. All of the things that are changing and evolving and revolving, some of it going away, changes that are happening more rapidly than ever, all of that is part of this big expansion that's happening. If you could imagine normal life in 2020, the first part, January of 2020, normal life, if you could imagine it could fit in the palms of your hands, what the pandemic has done is pulled those palms of your hands wide open so that the space of the energetic world is now two, three, four, five, ten times the size that it was two years ago. You're feeling yourself pulled and you're not sure what's going on. You're feeling yourself no longer able to deal with the things that were okay two years ago, three years ago. There is a greater desire for human beings to have personal connection to the things that they are experiencing and let's call work being the number one outside of the family. We are desiring greater personal connection, greater personal congruency with our world. We are no longer accepting the rules that have been given to us from the outside world. 
This is one of the big reasons why there's so many political divides right now. Because human beings are being moved into a greater level of personal choice. You're not really choosing to have greater personal choice. It's what's happening in the human experience. When my mom was my age, she was still living in the generation that she was raised in, which was compliant to organizations, compliant to rules, doing the right thing because it's the right thing, not because you wanted to, not because you had a desire to do it, because you knew it was the right thing to do. Now, it's great if our alignment is both we want to do the right thing and it is the right thing to do. That's cool when that happens. But right now, human choice is the prevailing decision point. If you've noticed what's going on in the world, I think you will see what I'm saying here. Human beings are feeling empowered and emboldened to be aligned with what works for them. And this is a very vexing issue with organizations. And there's been articles and research done since the pandemic started about the great resignation, about how many women are leaving the workforce and will they ever come back and what a uh, talent drain that has been and how employees and employers just don't want to do work the same way and you can't make me. Now, if you're in fear, you're going to think that that's an entitlement and people are spoiled and et cetera, et cetera. You're going to judge it from fear and scarcity. And I get that. But what's really going on is that we are expanding as a human, as a human, as humans, we're expanding. The world in which we live is expanding toward the personal, toward the individual, and so large organizations are now called to creating environments at work that will allow the human experience to feel freer. This is happening in a lot of the organizations who get what's going on. We can no longer force an employee to do certain things because it's what we want them to it must come into greater congruence with who they are. And so we're in this change bubble right now where things sort of are kind of how they've been for a while. Companies still doing annual reviews and my team, we call them power sessions. And we're shifting a little bit to let's have more conversations with our team members. Let's talk more about what's going to matter to them and what's going to fuel them to be engaged and excited about work and, and what also is going to be the best use of their talents. And so sophisticated organizations are coming up with strategies where they can actually keep their big companies going, where they're able to get into the individual experience of what is Mary's best role on this team. I'm going to give you a punchline in a minute. While companies and organizations are doing that, individuals are really seeking out their best strategy for themselves. 
because we no longer feel that it's in our best interest to slot into a company's open role. It has to match us. And this is what I've been doing for seven-plus years as a career coach, helping professional women match who they are at the soul level with their given profession. In most cases, people choose a profession because they have some natural gifts and talents in that field. It's not too often we see that someone has to really pivot in a massive way. It does happen from time to time. So no longer are human beings really interested in just slotting in and fitting in. They want to know, is this the right fit for me? Is this the friendly organization I want to fit into? Is this an open culture that's going to allow me to be myself? Or is it more of an rigid, uh, robotic, process-oriented, regimented organization? And there are some people who fit well into that. I'm not considering that to be bad or, or good. It's choice driven from the individual. And human beings are going to be more empowered from the human experience perspective to fit in to what works for them. And this is going to give all organizations a little bit of trouble. Because as more humans are more expansive and more interested in their own individual experience on the planet, which means work, which means family, which means who I want to date, marry, fall in love with, have a relationship with, which church or no church I want to affiliate or no affiliate with, who I'm going to consider my family and friends. Did you notice that over the past decade or two, there's been a movement toward actually choosing who our family is? That's a concept that my grandmother wouldn't have been able to even wrap her head around. And as a matter of fact, my grandmother, as wonderful of a human being as she was, made judgments on some of the people who started not being exactly like her who came into our family. That was that generation. My grandmother wasn't wrong for who she was and in the season of human experience in which she lived. She was a product of her generation, as are we, products of our generation. And I will submit this to you. We will always be in a change orientation. It is moving faster than ever. So generation by generation is even a slow way to measure change. It is now even faster than every decade. I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up and I think, it's not 2005 anymore? Like, what happened? (laughs) So we're in 2022, if you're listening to me live or on a recent recording. This is 2022. We are well into the 21st century. We are well into an information and tech evolution. We are well into personal choice and human expression as the predominant value. So if you put tech and information and personal choice together, you get a very free and empowered human race. 
This doesn't work well for organizations. It just doesn't. They don't coexist very well because organizations want you to follow this path in this way. It's, it, it's how they stay together. No, again, nothing good or bad about it. It's the nature of an organization. So as you are determining your own trajectory now, as you are determining who you are in the world, and as you're determining how does that best fit with my career choice, the job I have, the people I work with, what I choose to do, nine to five-ish, you're going to want to be happier than you've ever wanted before. My mother said to me years ago as I was in my personal development journey, and I may have shared something with her years ago, she said, you know, in my generation, we didn't, want, we didn't, we didn't think about whether we were happy or not. And I believe that's true. I do. You kind of got what you got. No longer. Human beings are now in a self-expression, personal experience life. That is where we are as humans. And I am certain that it will continue to evolve and express itself even faster each and every day, month, and year. And digital currency and things that we can't see with our physicalness are going to be more and more a part of the world. We are creating alternative universes and alternative structures. That's the future. And if you're not evolving fast, you're going to miss it, and you're going to be stagnant, and you're not going to be having a lot of fun. Mofall.com slash give me clarity, and we'll help you sort it all out. Let's help you move and groove at the speed of your soul so that you can fit best into how the future is unfolding. This is Coach Mo Fall, mofall.com, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.